Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 200 now of the Ron and Don Show, ho, and... Ho, ho, There goes the big fat guy. Ho, ho! Seems to be a ho. little early. Uh, nonetheless, he's Ron, I'm Don. What's going on, Ron and Don Nation? Can I stop being Santa now? Charlie, here's your all right, so hey, if you're uh, thinking, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. If you're thinking about 2021, this is the time of year where we start, everybody starts making resolutions. They start looking forward. We got a vaccine that's rolling out. You're thinking, oh, maybe we can do a job change, a house change, a move change. Why don't we send you a run on playbook for a buyer or a seller of real estate? And uh, let's get the ball rolling. Let's make a game plan and start things off with that. Go just email me directly, ron at windermere.com, and I will send you either one of those playbooks, buyers or sellers. Yeah. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about Mrs. Jeff Bezos, who's no longer Mrs. Jeff Bezos. Guess what she's doing every month? Giving away a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Wow. Merry Christmas, everyone. Here's a billion dollars. We'll talk about that. Uh, also, we have a special song that uh, we've written just for you. You can also see us on our Facebook channels, and we'll share that here in a moment. For sure that, though, uh, as you think about Christmas, Christmas Eve, what are kind of your memories with uh, Bob and Alice uh, growing up? And what was it like for you? Did you get the cold sweats like I did when you were just waiting for the old fat man to come? Uh, there was a couple things on Christmas Eve, and this should, um, uh, spoiler alert, if you have a small child that listens to the Ron and Don show, now would be the time to, to not necessarily have them listen in three, two, one. I have some, my, my memories, uh, as a kid were I, thinking back, I'm ashamed of one thing that we did. My sister and I were super competitive of the number of gifts because they were wrapped. So we would go get a real tree. This was our tradition. We would go out. We'd get the real tree. You and your sister would, and you were you were six. She was nine. This this is a lot of heavy lifting. We, we on would your bring part. that in the house. I hope your parents participated. We would always forget to water it, so all the needles would fall off everywhere, and it'd be a huge fire hazard. Where did you find a live dead tree in Albuquerque, New Mexico? We would go out to a, one of the lots, and we would buy okay. one off the lot. All right. But the thing was, is for my poor parents. If she had five presents, this is pre-Christmas Day. Yeah. So they would start in, you know, sometimes in December, the, the first gift would appear. And so it would be to my sister from mom and dad. Mm. So if I didn't have, if she had one gift, I had to have one gift. Yeah. And then if she had two, I had to have two. Didn't matter the size. Didn't matter the amount. None of that mattered. It was the quantity. Mm. And so I would, ra- I would be such a little brat. Yeah. If she had six presents and I had four, even if mine was like the size of a refrigerator box, yeah. didn't matter. I had to have six. Okay. And so she could have six individually wrapped, uh, you know, lifesavers and I could have giant boxes. I had to have six. Mm. So I was a complete uh, ungrateful little jerk when it came to counting the presents. So that I wish if I could go back in time, I would want to change that and try to learn that it's not the quantity of gifts that matters, 
but it, it's it's amazing to have any gifts under the tree. So I really wish my personality was different in that regard. And then the other thing is that we, as we grew older, learned where the hiding places were. Mm. I could not not look. Yeah. Then I had to do this elaborate overreaction <laughs> on Christmas morning, <laughs> acting like, and I'm yeah. sure my mom and dad could see right through it, yeah. acting like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was going to get this, even though I'd, I'd snuck into the hiding place, yeah. looked at it three times already to make sure it was still there. So that was not my highest uh, and best behavior of my life. Yeah. I tell you what, when it came to uh, Christmas Eve for us growing up, uh, and these are early, early memories. The good memory that I have of my father, he would read something out of the Bible, like the Christmas story. Then he would read uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And then we sang Happy Birthday to that we go to church and then we come back. Uh, my parents would have a few smokes and a few beers. And this is when Reuniti on Ice was That's nice. nice. Yeah, a lot of that, some cold duck. And then uh, around midnight, we would all stay up, and then that's when we would sing "Happy Birthday" uh, to the baby Jesus. Fast forward a couple years ago, it's just my mom, it's myself, and my son, and I'm like, "Hey, mom, remember when we used to sing Happy Birthday to the baby Jesus?" And we're staying at my mom's place, and it's just the three of us. And I'm like, "We we we should have like a Jesus uh, birthday party is what is what we should do." Uh, so my mom's like, "Let's go for it." Her and I had a. This is this is when I was uh, consuming alcohol. So we had a, a few. Uh, we had a few drinks, and then uh, brought back the Zimas. Someone came up with the idea that wouldn't it be great to have a Jesus birthday cake because it's a, we're celebrating his birthday. So we ended up making a birthday cake that said "Happy Birthday." Uh, we didn't have room for. Uh, the whole so just baby J. We didn't have room for the whole name on there. So we had a cake. I have a picture of it somewhere. I gotta find it. Happy birthday to the baby J. And then uh I went and got my guitar. Cause in fact, I'm gonna get my guitar in this episode, you guys, and we're gonna we're gonna sing Can't a wait. holiday. Well, it's Christmas Eve, so we're gonna sing a, a, a holiday song together. And and then what we would do is we would uh we sang happy birthday to the baby J. Uh we all did that together. And then what I did is I took the baby Jesus and I hit him somewhere. I pulled him out of the nativity. He's still hidden in my mom's house. I thought she'd find it by now. She was very concerned that she has not found it. In fact, we have two baby Jesus miss, uh, missing in our family. If you see them and there's an Amber Alert, uh, they are white babies, uh, brown hair, blue eyes, because we know that the baby Jesus was... Uh, was a white child. Oh, of course. And uh, <laughs> he, mom, if you're listening, he's in the electrical panel. Uh, and I guess she hasn't popped a fuse lately because she still, she sets up the nativity every year and she's wondering where the baby Jesus is because he disappeared the night of the baby Jesus birthday party. Again, I had a little too much to drink. I thought it was pretty funny to hide him. And then I forgot where I put him. It took a number of years to figure it out. Last time I went to visit her, I opened up the panel. The baby Jay is still there. The other thing that happens in my family is my grandmother, God bless her, Grandma Caroline, she had a twin of the baby Jay who was also blonde hair, blue eyes. And for some reason, my family just started mailing him uh, to each other. So Your family has some interesting traditions. He's in the mail uh, somewhere headed toward a cousin. And you never know when the baby Jay is coming your way. You, just, you, you never know. What do you do with him when you get him? 
Uh, well, if my mom got him, she would probably put him in his manger because she is missing a baby J uh, in the manger. So. We never had manger. Is that a Catholic thing? What's that? We, we never had a manger. No, everybody has a really? manger. You got the cat or loin, uh, Joe's in there, Mary's in there hanging out. I mean, we never did it. Uh, the baby J's in there, uh, the three wise guys, uh, a couple oxen, donkeys. It's amazing that the oxen and the donkeys got along the, the, the way that they did. It's just amazing. Do you think about the farts that were going on in that barn <laughs> that night. You Merry Christmas, of, everybody. You think about that. Anyway. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy birthday to the baby Jay and whatever is you celebrate. If it's Hanukkah, if it's Kwanzaa, I celebrate something uh, called Shaka Khan. And Shaka Khan starts when I want it to, ends when I want it to. My Shaka Khan started this year, uh, April 14th, right on my birthday. It's going to finish up on January 20th. Uh, what about you? Are you celebrating Shaka Khan this year? Uh, and Shaka Khan is an umbrella holiday, you guys. It covers them all. So that way, I don't have to say Happy Kwanzaa or Happy Hanukkah or Merry Christmas because Shaka Khan cover covers all covers all that when we invented this holiday it was life-changing for me because then you could just buy yourself a present whenever you yeah wanted that, well to. that's the other thing every day right. you buy yourself it's like hey I, I want <laughs> i want that present so you just get it and away you go yeah so yeah. i hope that everybody has a great holidays um if you are socially distanced and doing it over zoom like have a good time uh love on people like be safe out there and and i think the best christmas present we have as humanity is these vaccines are rolling out around the world and hopefully and when we get into 2021 sooner than later this thing is going to start to be under control yeah we'll start to be able to see each other hug each other uh, travel together uh it's gonna be great 2021 is be great you guys hey don't go anywhere uh we come back Let's talk about Mrs. Bezos. She's doing something really extraordinary. We'll tell you about that on the other side of this. I don't think we'd have this house if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. This house popped up. As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. <laughs> Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. There were houses we were interested in. They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for, and I don't think we would have like found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, a, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I was just um, so impressed with their professionalism, their competence, their responsiveness, their respectfulness of our process. Run uh, basically did a check for the areas that I said I was interested in buying. He gave us a whole list of uh, properties that were available. He came with us Sunday morning and we looked at probably five different places. It was a very smooth process. I think that they definitely brought their heart and soul. They did a great job. The market was super hot. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. To the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. Right. Hey, you guys, we are back. Happy Shaka Khan. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas Eve. And we're hoping you're finding ways uh, to connect 
uh, with you and yours. Thanks for connecting with us. Uh, if you want to stay in touch with us, we've got a newsletter, right? We do. Sign up at ronanddonsitdown.com, and that uh, comes out every Wednesday. It's, it's a great way for you to stay in touch with us. Yeah, if you're on a real estate journey, too, we do something where we jump on a video call together. Uh, we do this every morning at 7.30, sometimes 8.30, 9.30. Uh, we did almost a hundred of these, I think last year, run it on sit downs. We'd love to sit down with you. And a lot of those transactions don't always turn into transactions, but they turn into friendships. Uh, and if there's some way that we can help you on your real estate journey, uh, sometimes the best advice is to hang on to that piece of real estate, right? Figure out a way to buy and hold that. So anyway, if you need us, run it on sit down. It's interesting. I, I read a lot about addiction. I study a lot about addiction because the addiction in my family and addiction in my own life. And some people feel like uh, addiction is too strong of a term. And in my case, in fact, I was talking to my therapist about this today. I don't, after all the research that I've done, I don't necessarily consider myself an alcoholic, but I have problems with alcohol, right? And I have problems when I, when I drink too much alcohol. There's something that happens in my brain where my frontal lobes just disconnect. And then my Amelia part of my brain just kind of takes over. And that's the, that's the dinosaur part of your brain that all animals have. They don't have that frontal lobe like humans have. And the frontal lobe is typically the braking system, right? What happens with addiction, when our brain becomes overloaded in the way that we sometimes we numb it, and I, like when I drink alcohol, you guys, I can feel the numbing, actually the physical effects on my frontal lobes. Uh, and I can feel the sensation. And I think it's calming me, but it's not. It's creating more anxiety. And it's creating a pain cave for me down the road. So that's one of the reasons why I've made a lifestyle change. And I said, you know what? Uh, I drank the first 50 years with alcohol. I'm going to go the next 50 without it. Along the way, I've tried to go back a number of times to drinking. And I just see that, hey, when it turns that braking system off, it's not good for me, right? So I think Rich Roll in his book, if you don't know who he is, he's a great ultra athlete. He said that we're all on the trajectory of having a great life if we want. We're also on the trajectory of having uh, a painful life because we're all somewhere on this scale of addiction, whether it be with food, whether it be with sugar, whether it be with pornography, whether it be with your phone, what we've talked about, whether it be with technology, whether it be with anger. I've been reading a lot about the addiction of anger and what that does to your brain. I've been trying to figure out what happened in this election cycle where so many of us got so angry at each other, so angry at a family member, so angry at friends that we've never been angry at. Google it. Anger. Addiction. What it does to your brain. What it does to your frontal lobes. In the same way it overloads those, like alcohol can, or like some kind of substance. Anger can act in the same fashion. And also, a lot of our addictions give us dopamine hits. Anger gives you a great dopamine hit too, right? Anyway, read up on anger. It's addictive. You know what else is addictive? Kindness. Kindness is addictive. Because when we're kind, that also releases a dopamine hit in our brains when we do something good. When we always say this time of year, it is better to give than it is to receive. I don't know about you. I love giving gifts to people that I have really spent. It's like writing a card where you've really spent time to think about that gift, think about this person, and 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 you give this gift, you watch them open it up, and you see 
that it has true meaning uh, for them. It has true meaning because they're like, wow, uh, my friend Joe likes to run at night. So I bought him a hat. Thing that he doesn't like to do is to wear his headlamp because your headlamp always falls down on your ears because he has little small elf ears. Then I let him know. I'm like, hey, you got elf ears. So I went and got him a hat. The light is built in, right? Hat is only a $30 hat. But when I gave that hat to him the other day, it created real joy. And I felt really good about being kind. And what that did is it released, again, a dopamine hit in my brain. You talk about someone that is kind. Mackenzie Scott, the third richest woman in the world, just inherited $38 billion as part of the Amazon empire. You might know her husband. His name was Jeff. It looks like he ended up cheating on her. And instead of coming out and beating his brains out, because there's another woman down in California, and he got busted spending time. You know what Mackenzie did? She said, I'm going to take this $30 million. $30 billion. Or $38 billion. I'm not going to say anything negative about him in the press. I'm going to continue to be uh, connected to my family and friends and my kids. And also, I'm going to do something extraordinary. I'm going to start giving this $38 billion away. It's, it's been remarkable because most of the time, even when you, we have, a, we have probably the biggest philanthropists in the world uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So you think about the Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda, you think about Paul Allen and his foundation, billions and billions and billions of dollars has been given away. The model though is very different. So if you look at the giving pledge with the Gates Foundation, it's stringent. It's difficult for them to give away money because there are strings attached and there are metrics that need to be met. And there are Bill Gates just doesn't roll into town and give you a bunch of money. He wants to make sure that money is being effective because he comes from a Microsoft efficiency model. And he's saying, I'm not going to ask Warren Buffett for billions of dollars and give it away irresponsibly. So if you get money from the Gates Foundation, you've been vetted and it's been a arduous process, but then you're going to get a lot of money. And he's going after huge worldwide things like vaccines, like mosquito nets, like solving malaria. So like we, Bill Gates, and I'm not, I'm just using this as a compare and contrast. The things he does is very noble, but it is a stringent system. And when I read about Mackenzie Scott, uh, the way that she's giving away money is very different. It seems a little more, um, guided by her passions and, and emotions in a way where she can just be like, I like this thing. I think they're doing good work. Here's $10 million or here's a hundred million dollars, whatever it was. Um, not that she's not vetting them cause she does have a team, but it, it's not, it's, it's not as, as strict, I think. And, well, and, and I like that. Well, you, you, I don't know if I articulated that well. Well, this is what Paul Allen did. Uh, I know someone that was on Paul Allen's team. He would pop up every morning from somewhere in the world. He'd be on a screen. He'd have a meeting with his team, and he would decide what he was doing with his money. And he gave money towards things that he loved and cared about. Uh, he loved the Washington Huskies. So he tried to recreate that stadium for the Washington Huskies. They weren't interested. He said, hey, I'll rebuild this stadium where I used to come watch the Huskies, my father and I, and... You guys play on Saturday. We'll play on Sunday. Huskies weren't interested. When you see all the property that he bought in South Lake Union, originally he wanted to put the Seahawks stadium there. 
He bought the Seahawks to save the Seahawks for the city of Seattle and got that franchise turnaround. When it ended up down in Soto, that was his third choice. That was the third pick. But when he built that stadium, he built it in such a way, and the reason why it's so loud and noisy is because Husky Stadium was loud and noisy. When you're driving across 520 Bridge, take a look at Husky Stadium. And then the next time you're down in Soto, take a look at the stadium that was built there. They are remarkably very similar because he wanted to recreate the feeling that he had when he was a boy for other dads and moms and boys and kids and friends. So he thought going out and finding the last battleship that delivered the atomic bombs, uh, the USS Indy. It was a 414th ship to go down in World War II for the Americans. He thought it was important to spend money to go find that ship when nobody else could find it. He found it. It's miles down in the ocean where it is exactly. He won't tell anyone before he dies. He says, we're not telling anybody because we don't want people going down there and salvaging the USS Indy because that right there, that is holy ground. And that is where men have perished. And we need to respect that. So that's kind of what, to me, Mackenzie Scott is doing here. She's looking at things in the same way that Paul Allen did and said, I want to get this money into the system while I'm alive because I want to see the results because I bet she gets a dopamine hit too. I bet Paul Allen got a dopamine hit from doing that, from being addicted to kindness. What's interesting about Bill Gates, he has other people's money. Last time I checked, there's 178 people around the world that have pledged, and these are millionaires and billionaires, have pledged most of their wealth, 50% or over, to give to the Gates Foundation for them to distribute that money. So, for instance, Warren Buffett, who's one of those, or the woman that started Jegs, I think, who's a billionaire as a result of that. You're talking Spanks, you mean? Or Spanks, I'm sorry. I don't know what Jegs is. I think a Jag is a Spank. I think so. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a Spanks expert. I'm not a Jag or a Spank. I think they're the same. I feel like I'm saying naughty words when I say Spank <laughs> I know. and Jags. I got to be careful. Uh, but with that, they don't have the infrastructure to vet and to give all this money away. You you look at what Bill Gates has done around the country uh, and around the world. When we look back at this vaccine, it's amazing to me that's, that people think he's going to profit off this. How much more profit do you need to make when you're one of the richest people in the world? He's trying to give money away, not make more money. Nonetheless, we're going to look back and we're going to see that he had a hand. This money that he was able to collect from 178 different donors uh, he's been able to scale that and uh, and give that away, which I think is great. So just remember, as we're sitting here and we're celebrating Christmas Eve, anger is addictive. Anger will spiral you. Anger creates anxiety and a bunch of other feelings that when we get alone are not comfortable. They are not. And then when we start reading things, focusing on things, and we go down that rabbit hole of anger and anxiety... It is very, very tough to pull yourself out of that. It is very tough. But you know what else? You know what else is addictive? Kindness. Try it. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Episode 200. We got a very special song for you. It's a little painful, but it's not as painful as you think it's going to be. And at the same time, it's still pretty painful. Stick around. If you're still there, we'll share this with you. It's our Christmas gift to you on the other side of this. Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. 
When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Holy crap, you see that? Wow. The big fat guy just flew by our studios here in the Les Schwab studios. What's weird is if those are Rudolph's bells, you think they would have faded off in the distance. The by Doppler now. effect would have kicked in. And they haven't. You know what? It's amazing. Santa's just sitting in his sleigh right outside our window right now, checking out the Les Schwab studio. Well, he wanted to hear a performance. Is that it? Yes. He said, Would you guys please sing me a holiday song? Yeah. Anyway, here's myself, Charlie the dog, my son G Force. He's on the bells. Good job, G Force. And Ron of the Ron and Don uh, playing our axes with a very special holiday number. Take it away ourselves. Wish you a All right, you guys. Well, that was fun. Uh, it's time to go. Happy holidays, everyone. Hope you have a great one. We'll see you for episode 201 yeah. of the Ron and Don Show. Hey, don't forget, need to get in touch with us, ronanddonsitdown.com. If you need one of our buyer or seller playbooks, just write Ron, ron at windermere.com. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. And I hope the addiction of kindness this year in 2021 takes over all of our lives. Somebody get these bells out of my hand because I'm beginning to talk like this and emphasize everything with a bell. Gunner, get us out of here. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>